A word of warning. Today, we're chatting about The Legend of Vox Machina, and things are bound to get rowdy. Make sure you've watched through all of season two. Welcome to Words and Whiskey Short Pours, a mostly monthly podcast where we have a fun time discussing fictional worlds and the people that create them, all while boozing just a little bit. My name is Cross, and today I'm joined by Leslie, Josh, Mathar, and PJ to chat about the magical, the mythical, the mighty Vox Machina. Very excited to wrap this all up. Hi. Oh, wow. Yeah. Bow, 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 bow. Soundboard. <laughs> I'm not very excited. You're not very excited? <laughs> it's the end, and it makes me sad. That's oh. true. It's true. Not yeah, quite the like it went so end, fast. end. Especially since they're not making any more. <laughs> no more. They didn't no sign more. any kind of crazy overall deal. Nope. This is it. They definitely didn't do that. They got canceled. I'm pretty canceled. sure this is how like the story ends in the in the podcast, right? Yeah. In the... Exactly. In the, pod- the podcast goes exactly... 52 episodes. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised to hear that we're the only people who watched it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody yeah. else. <laughs> Which really Shocking. begs the question, what is this podcast for? Yeah, who yeah. is this for? <laughs> I heard they didn't even watch it. <laughs> yeah, no, they... <laughs> they did They did those watch parties, but I think they shut their eyes. <laughs> yeah, they closed them tight. <laughs> it was all uh, smoke and mirrors. It was a post-production. <laughs> yes, they just like exactly. recorded them staring at nothing. <laughs> <laughs> or they were watching Nodding, something else. Saying stuff. Fun they were all fact, watching South Park. Legend of Vox Machina is the first show ever made 100% entirely with AI. So, oh, wow. Yeah, oh, AI God. art, AI voices, AI, AI producers. AI producers, yeah. Just nice. No one made it. it I heard that the cast of up. Critical Role doesn't even <laughs> exist. They're not real. <laughs> sure they're, they're AI guys, I'm telling you. What well, this was happening? great. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, that was sweet. Yep, good time. See you next week for Castlevania season two. I can't remember something like that. I think that's the next thing that comes out. I mean, Uh, that's that's a thing that will be coming soon. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get too far, obviously this is our joyous band from Catacomb Party. We're going to be talking about the last three episodes. Kind of, we'll be wrapping up kind of the whole season all at once and talking about these episodes. But before we go too far, everyone's having a little something to drink. So what are we drinking? Give a give a quick rundown. Mathur, what are you having? All right. So tonight I have made a delicious classic, one of my all-time faves. I figured for the finale, I had to go big. So I made a jungle bird. A jungle bird. And it is not complicated. You just mix rum. I find any rum really works. Aged rum is preferred, but you mix that with Campari, pineapple juice, and lime, and a little simple. And you just shake it up real good, pour it over some, you can pour it over a cube. I did crushed ice in my little Yoda geeky tiki mug, and it's just a delightful treat. Nice. Tasty. Love a jungle bird. (laughs) I am drinking just a beer. I've got Juice Junior, which is a 6.0% hazy IPA from Great Notion Brewing out of Portland. It is fucking delicious, first of all. like It, it, Yay! it is a very, very yeah. good beer. It's not what I was expecting because it's not what I technically ordered, which is fine. Oh. Like, I'm okay with okay. it. Like, <laughs> I, I had ordered Surprise. a pineapple hazy IPA. Like It was a hazy IPA with pineapple juice added. That's not what I got, but honestly, I can't complain about <laughs> what I did get because it's fucking <laughs> awesome. So... How have you been liking the general beer scene in, in the West Coast since making your way out here? I've been very drunk for much <laughs> more of It'll do that to you. For much. <laughs> I've been very drunk for drunk much. For much. Very drunk for much. For much. Fact. Yes. No, right it's been now. Good. It's been really, really good. Can you please just cut it at much? <laughs> Honestly, I've been very drunk for much makes a lot of sense because as great as the alcohol scene on the West Coast is, it's expensive. So <laughs> it does yeah. cost true. much to get very yeah, drunk. True. It's a double entendre. Leslie, what are you guys having? Oh, yeah. Well, Josh and I are drinking the same thing, I believe. It is a white wine. Don't know the name, and I don't care to look. 
this time. <laughs> it's a Pinot Grigio that's been half drank in the fridge for a little over a week and is just cresting over that edge of like, should we dump it? Should we drink it? So we're, we're just drinking it that tonight, off. God damn it! And we're it has it. a little bit of green food dye in it because we decided to drink it on St. Patrick's Day, and that was <laughs> us being festive. So forgot there about that. Go. Yeah, that's why it's so green. Wait, you was reacting to the color. Green? I was like, man, that's a weird looking wine. <laughs> it's really been in there too long. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's fully algaenated. Yeah, gross. Yeah. So fun stuff. Love, love what about that. You, love that. I am having, I custom made a cocktail for the night as I try to do at least once for some of these episodes and, you know, upon occasion, feeling inspiration stirring at my bar. I have grapefruit juice, so it just felt right. But I made a drink that I'm calling either I'm Daddy or Vaxel Dan's Dive. I think I prefer Vaxel Dan's Dive because it's Damn. red, but yeah. I'm Daddy was a close yeah. second. Combine them. Vaxel Dan's Daddy. <laughs> the Peshads, an aged rum. Like yep. just it just screamed and you said Scanlan theme and I was like it just screams I'm daddy like wait <laughs> I'm daddy I yeah. get it I do get it but what it is it's an ounce to half let me explain it again because I'm not entirely sure you get it <laughs> let me just say what well, <laughs> <laughs> Mathar all right guys I have a heart out also Mathar <laughs> no I'm leaving wait, I'm on. for sure leaving. <laughs> You guys uh, just need have, to try harder to get yours in. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Half ounce of Campari, one ounce lime, one ounce grapefruit juice, three quarter ounce grenadine, you know, simple, and two dashes of Peychaud's and shaken. It's delicious. Perfectly sweet, really well balanced grapefruit that I have is not very sour, which is actually the reason that I use so much lime. Typically, I'd use half an ounce, but because I knew from yesterday making a grapefruit margarita, I was like, okay, I got to fully, fully lime it up. I completely missed the very first thing you said whenever you said that there was an ounce and a half of aged drum. And I was yes. like, I listening to the ingredients and I'm like, that sounds disgusting. It's just Campari <laughs> and juice. I mean, not necessarily disgusting, but not a cocktail. <laughs> What's the percentage <laughs> no, on that? No. <laughs> it's one <laughs> half ounce it's like of a spritz with some uh, sugar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds absolutely. great. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, now that we know what everyone's drinking, let's get into the meat of the episode here. What do we think of the set of three episodes? What were the thoughts on the sort of finale overall, the conclusion here? Yeah. Yeah, directions were unclear. I watched all of Campaign 2 on YouTube. Well, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah. I'm this through episode the 90 now. <laughs> so <All right>. I <laughs> understand <laughs> most of it. Notes He's... this time. I did it, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Leslie coming in with notes. Whoa! Love it. These episodes kicked ass. I I'm mean, jealous. Yeah. You got Leslie to take notes. I'm uh, really jealous. <laughs> I didn't think it was possible. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a hard ask for me. It's tough. <laughs> we we all get it, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Great, yeah, great shit. Like, I would say a solid just across the last three episodes alone, like five screensaver moments. You know, where you could just. <laughs> <laughs> freeze frame that and that's a screensaver right there like some amazing amazing shots for sure well why don't we start yeah. here what are the, what are these three episodes because it's been a minute since i watched them so They're what not. actually were the last three episodes that we're so discussing the kill box the belly of the beast and the hope devourer so the kill box is summarized despite his weakened state grog confronts his uncle kevdak in a fight to the death the battle is intense and grog takes a beating at the hands of his uncle's titan stone Knuckles, another vestige of divergence. As Grog is about to fall, the rest of Vox Machina arrives just in time to join the fray. And by that, that's a reference to the fact that the band The Fray is actually making a cameo in it. And they get it's not capitalized, actually. To... I don't know if you knew that, but the <laughs> song Rage was not done by The Fray throughout that whole <laughs> oh, scene. Oh, it wasn't? I thought no. it was a weird swerve from Cable Car, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, little off-brand for them. Uh, well, I gotta say, first of all, like, just... Again, we've said it many times. I don't know how many times I can say it, but I'll continue to say it. Beautiful animation. That action scene was just unbelievable. Them running, like when they arrive, running across the roof, like the the music when Scanlan leaps into the frame, like just every, the timing is so impeccable. This team really just makes incredible shit, man. It's it's the combination of like the animation stylings of Titmouse, which who have come so far, right? And then- and them and like the I think comedic and dramatic timing of the cast just dude, 
I I couldn't believe that this exists when I was watching it. Do you get that feeling? You know what I mean? I'm like, wow, yeah. I can't believe that this made it <laughs> to prime time. <laughs> Unbelievable. So good. <clears throat> There's some things I wish Titmouse was less good at. I didn't like watching the steak go through Grog's stomach very mm. much. I didn't oh, enjoy man. that. I would like to know who at Titmouse I can send my therapy bills to. That would be cool. Because <laughs> um, now I have a whole new fear I didn't know I had. <laughs> Belly steak? Belly steak. Yeah, I used to just think that was really good Korean food. You know, like, oh, I'll have the, the pork belly. <laughs> oh, you know, but <laughs> No, no, not now. Not now. Grog belly. Different Big ouch. Yeah. Big ouchy. Yeah, so do you want to dissect Crazy. these episodes a little bit? Yeah, or, uh, yeah, do it. Kind of one at a time. Yeah. yeah, so you already said the summary of episode 10. Mm-hmm. You were Let's hopping see. in with something, Leslie. I, yeah, I, I know. I'm she was. My notes. Uh, I was just trying there. to move the, the podcast And you're for sure recording here. this time. <laughs> and I am recording. That's right. good. Good, good, good. Yeah, so my notes that I took for this one, first of all, opening with the city being hidden completely obscured i was like oh my god it's like like wakanda but now in D D, it's just a really badass cloaking spell and then it made me think how powerful is gilmore like is he like a fucking god <laughs> it's like an insane <laughs> amount of power that he has so curious about Truly. that also i have to say on that note leslie i'm glad you made a note of that because you would think it stands to reason they would know that there used to be a city there <laughs> No, it's not. So it's like, how good is the cloaking device versus how stupid are these dragons? <laughs> like, oh, well, where'd the city say, go? I don't in know. In their defense, that's exactly what Singorn did. Yeah. Just straight up left. Yeah. <laughs> the whole Feywild. city of elves were like, nah. <laughs> and they just moved to the Feywild. The whole city. That's true. By so, accident, right? Like, they didn't No, no, on it? purpose. It's their defense mechanism. They were like, oh. Yeah, there's a. Uh, um, Fuck this, we're out. Yeah, they, but they, like, they built their city to do that. They didn't have so. to do a password to pass through it, so you'd think they would just check, you know what I mean? It's That's like, fair. It's like, the thing also, I was like bugging Lightstone me. Lightstone is historically secluded and not well known. That's like its whole deal, you know? So Cool. That was not explained. So I'm just I'm just approaching okay. this from okay. from okay. like, you know, first time viewer. I was yeah, just like, no, you you're would, right. you would you're think absolutely that right. like they'd look at a map and be like, oh, big city here. And then like, where'd it go? They <laughs> okay, just did a fly by a map. Can you picture a dragon <laughs> holding a human-sized map? Kinda? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he had a tiny <laughs> sword on his on his arm. <laughs> and he could barely see yeah. it. <laughs> Sort of strapped funny. it to himself and I was like that's kind of silly yeah, like, what are you gonna do with that man yeah you know it's a nice touch dragons wielding yeah. swords is inherently funny no matter how cool you try and make it <laughs> there's some things inherent to fantasy that you can write that whenever you see it <laughs> yeah not as cool as you thought it was gonna be so I haven't just- seen one dragon picking their teeth with a sword yet that's the part that really like just gets just to me. real no like scars from gears. the lion king energy just, yeah exactly yeah mm-hmm. well this episode had a lot more than all wizards it had a really fucking badass fight scene yeah it did with grog and grog finding his strength so God, fucking great so many feels yeah and the scanlan daughter reveal at the end like this yeah, episode I- was huge Re, me and Leslie rewatched these like right before this, and I was like, "Man, I really thought that Scanlan daughter reveal was before this, but no, it's it's right there. That's where it is." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We didn't yeah. get a we didn't get a fiddle battle, but no. Ah. no. Wait, what? We didn't get a what? A fiddle oh, in battle. The, yeah, in the campaign. Whenever they around the Scanlan daughter reveal, it, it goes down pretty similar. They to did a to fiddle that, fight just at a different spot. They had a whole on like yeah. Just like a devil went down to Georgia moment while they're performing together. Magical I mean, fiddle battle. This episode was chock full, so I'm not shocked that some stuff ended up on the cutting room floor, but goddamn. How could you drop a get, magical fiddle release, battle? Right? Release the, the Mercer cut. The fiddle <laughs> cut. Give me the fiddle so cut. Release the fiddle cut. <laughs> genuinely, it would it would really significantly change the way that this this series went. Like it would require almost in another episode I, I like i feel like you'd have to add another episode in, into the season 
to do it the same way it was in the campaign. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was a lot, and it's I so think they, good though. <laughs> they made it work really well, but we'll we'll spill the tea. Let's know. talk. This is one of those like you know book movie differences. So so what did we explain? So, so the biggest difference, like the biggest difference in the way that this is all set up, is that Doctor Dranzel's troop used to be Scanlan's home. Like Scanlan, yeah, Scanlan was, was a part of, of Dr. Dranzel's group and, and they showed up to this tavern and they were just there to be debaucherous and drink. And Dr. Dranzel's troop started playing and like, that's how they connected. And Scanlan, like, from the crowd got up and started playing with the troop and then started playing fiddle or uh lute or whatever it was flute maybe right. no it was a flute. Maybe it was a flute battle it was, it was a flute, a flute battle, battle. Yeah. so like he started playing and then kaylee started playing and they started like flirting with each other on stage and got into this like really intimate sensual flute battle against each other in which Scanlan was winning. Like there, there were roles associated with this. Right. And he actively denied them and like seeded right. his like, winning let her like, win. roles yeah. to Kaylee after like betting all of the money in his like fanny pack, which was all of his funds, which was like 400 gold or something like that. Like there were just so many stakes built up very organically that this show didn't incorporate at all. And it's fine. Like it worked out really, really well, but the way that it worked out in the campaign, I felt like was more natural and made more sense because Kaylee joined this troop because Scanlan used to be a part of it and like the the hunting of Scanlan made more sense. Did he say I'm daddy in the campaign? I don't think so. I oh, don't think it. so. I would also say another big difference <laughs> is when it happens, the that whole encounter happens whenever they get back to Amon before the dragons attack. Mm. Whoa. So that would have been like the first episode if they did oh my that. God. And yeah, and then they rerun into them after he already knows Kaylee is his daughter in Westrun. Also, little fun fact, Dr. Mm-hmm. Dranzel is the one who discovered Scanlan and like started him on his bar I journey. I love fun facts. <laughs> and whenever you break down Scanlan's backstory, his initials are S and S, and he was discovered by Dr. Dre. He's just Eminem. He has a daughter named mm-hmm. Kaylee instead of Oh, Haley. I've heard this story yeah, before. Yeah, I think yeah. I might have said it the last time we recorded, but uh, yeah. So it's Dr. Dre discovered just an Eminem S and S, yeah. and yeah. But that mm-hmm. makes me wonder about the daughter's name. So did Sam Regal know about the daughter? Yeah. You know, I believe like, that... Like, did he make that character and then... Ooh, like, that's a good question. Shot? Yeah, I, I watched the you interview know? for this and it yeah. was it was one of those things that they talked about where he did not know about Kaylee and Kaylee was sprung on him. But yeah. given his backstory of like what he was doing going town to town... That name for Kaylee to be funny. F- yeah. Instead think, of Haley? Okay, I was like, wondering if yeah. like... Oh my God, so that's that was so great. He didn't know the connection what? either. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. He didn't know no, you're wrong. You have to be <laughs> wrong about that. I literally just what? watched the interview. I just oh watched the interview. Oh my God, that's incredible. I That's believe incredible. that Sam didn't know that he was going to be sprung with Kaylee, but I think he pretty quickly realized what was happening. Like before, before and just went along with understood. It. I think right. Sam, Sam probably understood. did. Yeah, yeah, that player knowledge versus character knowledge. You know, but it wasn't written in his backstory. It's I have to say, you know, all of you do a good right. job with that. I have to commend Josh explicitly here because I think more times than I can count, Josh who is a DM and, and been a player for a long time. I know you have as well, Crossan, but like more times than I can count, I feel like Josh has caught on before Walker has, and I, you'd never know it, right? It's only in our passing mm-hmm. conversations where like, Josh, you'll be like, yeah, I think Josh knows what's going on here, but Walker doesn't. And I, you can never tell <laughs> in the audio when we're done. It's so, it's Yay. so good. Thanks. 
Yeah, I just always yeah, say I, Josh <laughs> understands what's happening and Walker doesn't. I don't have a fucking clue, but it makes it way easier. <laughs> well played. You shouldn't have told smart. me that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do try and be very intentional about player knowledge versus character knowledge. This is all right. So we're just going to talk D and D now, right? Yeah, we'll, basically. We'll <laughs> I want to circle back to something. We'll move on to the next episode. But like Leslie, you mentioned the the friend thing as someone who like find a uh, grog finding his strength. Like, so from episode one or two, whenever they introduced that, I was like, it's his friends. The strength is his friends, right? Yeah, Tell me it's course, his friends. Right? It has to be his friends. And this whole entire episode, I, I, I think I said it out loud to myself or to the television at least four times during the episode. Mm-hmm. It's your friends. Just say it's your friends. <laughs> like, just say I it, feel damn like it. That's almost like obvious. But it was lovely. Like, okay, yeah. Like, where did your strength come from? I've played Kingdom Hearts like a lot. Okay. Yeah, but like, it's your it. friends. <laughs> and like, did like Travis really not pick it up that for that long? Or I don't know. Hey, what were we just talking so, about? Player knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I yes. would like to point out something yeah. here. I'm trying to find his official stats. Grog's intelligence, I believe, is a six. <laughs> um, not bad. Yeah, it's like it's either six or five. It's a negative two or a three. Yeah, better than some people's charisma. True. <laughs> yes, it is an intelligence of six, which does wow. technically mean I believe that Grog only has slightly above answer. in animals' understanding of language. <laughs> and that's just because Matt's being nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, I don't what, think like if you cast a spell, it's typically thing. like if they have an intelligence of four or more, right? Like, so, yeah. So yeah. he has two intelligence points above what allows him to understand language in general. He's like slightly above like like a circus monkey who learned how to paint, you know? Yeah, that's why he's talking to his sword. That's lower than like a Drake companion for for Uh the yeah (laughs) the Drake wardens. I'm pretty sure. Oh my god, I I don't remember the exact time. That's like homunculus level. In the campaign, they polymorph Grog into like a giant eagle or something. I don't remember exactly what the animal is, but it ended up having a higher intelligence, and he was smarter as the bird. Yeah, he's like, whoa! Suddenly, I understand math. (laughs) (laughs) Great episode! Wow, so glad this could bring us together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Move to the. We have to keep. There's one thing that I want to say on this episode. The just like one pin note when Vax like leaps off of one dude and then like puts his dagger in his mouth and like cuts through his jaw. The craziest, most brutal thing I've ever seen animated. Mm. Oh um, yeah! Screw Attack on Titan. That is messy, right. crazy bullshit. Right. I love. Also, it. I guess just rapid fire, Spitfire, because mm-hmm. we didn't really talk about the fight, and that's the whole thing. The music, incredible. Rage. The entrances, yeah. so fucking good. The Percy pose with the blazing bowstring explosion behind him. That's one of those screen grab moments for sure. Incredible peak anime boy for sure right there. They did the Pokeball straight out of the episode. Fly up, drop Grog out of the Pokeball. Yeah. Cut the dude in half long way. <laughs> oh my God. So many things. I that, watched like, that scene on YouTube. Someone did like a, side, yes. like a comparison. And I was like, yes. oh, I, you know, here's the thing. I actually want to watch campaign one even more than I ever did. I Mm -hmm. always was curious about it, but didn't want to really make the investment. Now I'm thinking two X and then I'll slow it down for the stuff I recognize. Cause I, I'm actually feeling really invested. Like I want to see the differences now. The Pokeball itself. I, I understand the, the reason that they made it so much like more accessible and like simplified. They like if you've seen what's it called? If you've seen Calamity, if you've watched Calamity, okay, I have. So there's Godric, right? Godric is the wolf. Godric. Oh, Godric. If you're about yeah, to spoil wolf. something. Just let me know because I'll take my headphones. I, I don't. I don't think it does. I really don't think it spoils anything because it really isn't that useful. But it makes the like the you like the thing make more sense. Am yeah, I- it was like a yeah. The, it was originally like something that came with the Raven Queen 
armor and it was a way to like house this wolf mm. this like mystic wolf guardian that came with the raven queen's champion status and it becomes useful later in the story but apparently yeah like, like but, but not, not i, I would say that useful. they like wildly underuse him so it makes sense that they cut him yeah Exactly. It's probably one of those things too. Just just talking about like I again haven't seen it, but like Beast Companions, I feel like Trinket needs more to do, so why not give Trinket the the parts, the bits? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So like Godric is a wolf that was like living within this necklace, within this amulet. Mm-hmm. And Grog is the one that like brings him to heal because he's the only one that has proficiency in animal handle animal handling. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then they just have this protective wolf guardian looking over the like perimeter uh, of white perimeter of yeah. Whitestone. Hmm. Which I'm wondering as someone who's like pretty close to finishing the campaign, I only have two episodes left. As an animator, I'd want to get rid of Trinket for a lot of that really complicated stuff at the end, who doesn't get used that much at that point, because Trinket isn't that effective at really high levels. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they'll have Trinket stay behind and like guard Whitestone later yeah. on. You know? No, that would make it, it sounds like a one-to-one replacement. Like, Godric comes up once in the show. Yeah. After like after they like take the amulet and let him go, and Grog makes him tame, and they command him to like guard over whitestone they see him one more time maybe two more times in the entire series so like to just replace that with trinket makes a lot of sense yeah truly <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. and it gets uh, it gets bare animations out of the budget for a lot of really complicated fights so. yeah <laughs> all right we got to move on to episode 11 here so Belly of the Beast. When Scanlan makes a fateful and shocking discovery about his past, Vax confronts the Matron of Ravens to uncover the truth about the mysterious pact he made with her. At the same time, Fox Machina teams up with Grog's herd and sets their sights on Umbrasil, preparing an ambush to take down the dreaded Black Dragon. What do we think of this episode? Table setting. We get we get a lot of cool stuff. We get to explore the God of Death. Dude, she's creepy. Mm-hmm. Super creepy. I was definitely on that train. Blood lake, or I don't even know what you want to call that. Pond. Would blood I think be it's that a pond. Clear though. Like, could you really see through? Like- it would also coagulate and get like <laughs> weird, and like it'd be super gross. Super I don't know. How it was like Halloween. Yeah, blood. I- <laughs> like she's just the queen it's of macabre, right? She's just like, punch. ooh, step into my like that's Kool Aid, dude. We know what it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, I will. In the in the campaign, the description is very viscous and unsettling and not nice mm. i think it's but, just less fun to animate time, if it's just goes yeah. to a dark red screen for a while yeah. it's just his eyes the description <laughs> in the campaign is exactly what shows up later like i felt less satisfied by like the initial depiction of her than i did from later on so and and like hear me out the campaign describes her as like her her visage is a porcelain mask and like a disembodied head Oof. to a certain degree so like later on in this episode where we see just the round mask mm-hmm. that's that to like a three or four times scale is what i imagined the raven queen to be and like the body with like the the unmoving arms and the like stick figure body kind of took away from that for me for some reason. So- I disagree. That was another one of my oh, really? screenshot okay. moments. I thought that was such a gorgeous oh, fucking design. I loved it. I I mean it was great. It it was really really cool. I just like in my head I imagined just a disembodied mask. Like a porcelain mask taking up almost as far as you could see. I feel like that's one of those things, though, similar to like whenever you're reading a book or something, that's something that works really well explained or spoken. But it's like whenever in a book, it's like it was beyond comprehension and then you're trying to adapt it like you have to put 
a physicality. Yeah. Well, we that have can to make it comprehensible. So exactly. Like, yeah. So like, <laughs> I think giant floating white mask and like you can describe the feeling it evokes looks really good. But you put that on thing, it's just white background. But they did, you know, it. like that's the thing is they did it yeah. a couple scenes later. And it Which, was, but I, I feel like it's a less of an eldritch effect. That's fair. That's totally that makes fair. sense. Like whenever you see that, like really, like the floating pieces of limb as the like threads of fate stretch out, like mm. that. I'm like, that's a deity. That's some. It was weird like shit. it was like beautiful. Yeah, like, yeah, it was terrifying. And then now it's like, oh my god, it's, it's like a goddess. <laughs> actually, like it's pretty legit. I, shit. I think the other thing that it really does well is it explains this sort of concept of death as like not a bad thing and also like literalizes the gods in a way for us for people who are watching the show for the first time and it's like hey so we haven't really talked about like what the calamity is what like the separation of these things are like all of these different components we're not talking about in the course of the story but here's your first like peek behind the curtain for something that will definitely be talked about more over the course of future seasons Mm -hmm. and you know mighty nine and otherwise one assumes Bell's Hells is going to get adapted too, but I think they're not going to announce that one until they've got at least 100 episodes. Yeah, also, they have to make sure yeah. the story's good, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't know. Most recent episode fucked me up, so. So good. <laughs> Most recent two episodes, yeah. Yeah. Also, one of my favorite quotes from, like, one of the funniest bits, and then they named the session that whenever they, like, re-release it on YouTube, and they named the episode this, it's just, or I, no, wait, the, this this one was called in the belly of these, but they still reference at dawn we plan, which was just one of the funniest things in the campaign when it happened. So I was very happy to see that that stuck mm. around. I also really enjoyed watching Percy, who like last season was just dark, edgy boy. Right. Like, become, kid, yeah. like now, like he, now that he's better, he just wants so badly to be fancy. And nobody lets him be fancy. He wants to be fancy. He wants to be in love. And he wants friends. Like, (laughs) wants to do cool tricks for his friends. This episode does that so well. Like, whenever, like, Grog puts his arm around him and then Zanror puts his arm around him on the other side, and he just looks so happy to, to have friends. And, I just feel like they yeah. couldn't. They knew they couldn't have two edge lords in one season, so it's like last exactly. season <laughs> it was time. Percy, and this one it's Vax. So. Yep, is it Vex? Vax? 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 You got it. But I know yep. who it's going to be next season. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but, but let's yeah, talk I, about the fucking dragon trap, and then the infamous butthole. Mm, yes. <laughs> I have been dying to talk about this. That's all I want to talk about for the rest of the episode. <laughs> is that a cloaca? First of all, I need to know, is it a cloaca? Because if it is, I'm just losing my shit over here. Like, did, I didn't know dragons were... <laughs> and clo- I mean, it makes sense. You know? What, what word? Couldn't, what it couldn't, word? Co- couldn't what tell you. <laughs> what it word? <laughs> cloaca is like not name. a butthole. It's like a it's like a thing that birds have, where like everything come out of. It, it's it's it also where egg bank. All it's all encompassing hole. hole. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a glory hole. It's <laughs> it's the glory hole. You know, dragons are kind of bird like. So yep. <laughs> oh no <It's> a, <laughs> that is not what i was going for but so they fly uh, the draconic glory you're hole not wrong uh, <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. love this <laughs> they did not go up its ass in the campaign and i think it's a good change it's a great change so really no nah, they just like misty stepped in there oh yeah or teleported one of, one of them spells but fuck that dimension door. Dimension the door, whole sequence was, is yeah. flawless. Like from, of course, it's Scanlan's idea yes. <laughs> because he has the sword, the immovable the sword. Right? Well. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like I got a crazy idea. You down? He's like, fuck yes, <laughs> 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 no questions, no notes, <laughs> just yep. yes. So this to compare it to the to the campaign. Mm-hmm. This is in place of an immovable rod. Right. That kind of assumed. Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. Along the lines. The, the sword itself didn't have, did she, did she give him any sort no. of weapon? I don't think so. No, she just left him tied up in the campaign. The immovable rod was already an item that yep. he had, I think. Yeah. 
but which does make in the campaign the dragon flying away anyways like a little rougher because it doesn't like cut through it just like rips out and that's not fun Ew. yeah yeah and yeah he totally doesn't give a shit it just like pew. like he does not take any sort of give a shit in, yeah. the, in the moment <laughs> like, of a like inconvenience it's not even an inconvenience like he takes some damage from it but he barely takes notice of it yeah i would say a third screenshot screen grab moment of these episodes is just the the dragon's asshole i mean how often do you get to see <laughs> for like which five side? frames which side for yeah. like yeah don't ask me how expect. i know yeah <laughs> <laughs> You've been trying to pick which one to use as your screensaver. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I absolutely love it. The trap goes exactly how it goes in the campaign. Not well. Well, to think they could trap a dragon, but, you know. Yeah, you know? They tra- and the real next screen screensaver moment. Bax's wings. That scene hit. So good. That's the next episode. But- Isn't that in the next episode? Yeah, I was oh, going to say that's it? after they... That's, they, that's they, a yeah, perfect segue. Are, it's a two-parter, Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I do want to I do want to make mention the of the the sort of the invisibility that's used for the first time here is just such a good yeah. reveal mm-hmm. when when Grog steps up with the Titan Stone knuckles and is just trying mm-hmm. to deal with them. I I loved that that bit. The yeah. only thing worse than a dragon is an invisible dragon. So. Wow, it's true. Yeah, true. I took a lot of notes. Yeah, you're gonna kill us with invisible dragons. No, it could be almost anything. Could be, but it's gonna be invisible dragons. (laughs) It's gonna be robots. It's gonna die to robots. Invisible, invisible robot dragon, robotic dragon that can also just, you know, like Elden Ring, turn into like a statue and then, (laughs) of course, (laughs) turn into a bush. It seems rude. (laughs) Seems very rude. All right, let's get to episode twelve here because these are two parters. They bleed together. We're going to be talking about the fight scene. It's all one fight scene. So. Episode 12, The Hope Devourer. As the black dragon Umbrasil escapes their attempted ambush, Vox Machina pursues him to Gat Shadow Mountain. In the fearsome acid-filled tunnels of Umbrasil's lair, Vox Machina must make a final stand against the evil dragon. Okay, Grog, throwing the axe. And they did it. They survived. But like the, the move of throwing the axe and then flying off as the cliffhanger between episodes, fucking wild. I've heard that's legit from the campaign, no? Like, he just yes, did that. Yes, but with the help of a magic item he has, it's like a, sure. a chain that he can attach to his weapons that allows them to be thrown and then pull enemies to him. Still chain of crazy. returning. Chain yeah. of returning. But dragon big, so pull to dragon instead of vice versa. Yeah. Dragon but equip. Yeah. <laughs> no, a lot of that, pretty accurate to the campaign. I mean, impressively so. With the Grog flying away, the two of them on a bird, one of them on a broom following them, Grog getting hit by like low hanging trees, like a lot of that shit. Pretty accurate. I believe Vax in the wings. Vax does go out of the rod hole, but Scanlan gets like stuck in a different area and has to turn into like a sea snake and swim through acid for a while to try and find his way out. Oh. It's a whole thing. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, all in all, like, I feel like very satisfied by what we got out of the dragon fight and all of that from a campaign perspective. Absolutely. Can we focus a little bit on Matt's performance here? Yeah. Yeah. Dunning. Matt's I didn't know it was him. Mm-hmm. Matt is. I didn't know it was him until the credits rolled. And I was like, wait, I went back and watched the whole scene again with that in <laughs> mind. I was like, he's a chameleon. I've always been able to recognize his voices in, in any, well, like I mean, anything the- he does. There's a, there's a, there's a timbre to it, but that little bit of pitch modulation and like just mm-hmm. the grit. I want to know what it sounded like in the campaign. Cause I want to know how close they are together. I Not haven't looked far. that up yet. Not far off. Honestly, so like he's, he's an incredible DM because he can do all of these really convincing voices. Oh, we but get hearing it. him okay, in this, I'm like, it. he might have like a future <laughs> in voice acting or something. Voice acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty cool. I honestly, like, he hasn't explored yeah. that avenue. That he really should. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I think, I think he could get at least some like, commercial work matt hit us up if you need rep- representation because yeah uh, i think i think you got the chops kid you know 
Okay, something that made me really sad, and I took a note of it because it made me really sad, was when they went into Umbrasil's cave, the severed head of the the, the big oh. guy. That mm-hmm. was so yeah. sad. Uh, I forgot again, that happened. <laughs> who at Titmouse I can send my therapy bills to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, thank you. Again, yes. The the fact that Umbrasil went back and claimed it, because we do see like the party around him when he dies, and then they mm-hmm. leave, of course. Right. That means Umbrasil that's is good petty note. enough to go back and get it and collect it. Like that's mm-hmm. that's some spite. Yeah. It's a bad dude. And Vax mm-hmm. went in alone. I mean, come on. Characters going in alone to a dragon lair. But Vax can do it. Come on. If anybody can do Clearly it, it's Lord Vax couldn't. can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he just say, I can run really fast or something like that? Yes. Like, <laughs> and then he got beat up and yeah. Bad. Mm-hmm. Classic Vax going in alone. That's a. Here's the thing. The like connection between them all, I feel like made that work. Cause you forget that those things exist, right? Like being able to like, like Vex being able to like tell, okay, something's wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, I can't yeah. hear him or I can't feel him. To bring it back to our campaign, uh, there are many times where I've forgotten that we have a magic item in which two people holding it can share thoughts, like can, you know, <laughs> if they so choose. And it like never really comes up, but one of these days it's going to come up and it's going to be like that, right? Or like, oh shit, yeah. wait, I, I, I'm trying to share thoughts. I'm not getting anything. I'm not getting anything. You know, and it's going to be oh, like man. a dramatic thing. Yeah, well, I mean, last time we used the magic item you forgot about that allowed two people to share a connection, you had a small mental breakdown. We almost had to call the session. That's so. <laughs> you can try to rewrite the narrative however you want. <laughs> you can tell us you were mad about your Chipotle not being delivered all you want. <laughs> but we know we broke you. Listen, correlation does not equal causation, all right? <laughs> <laughs> no. Was that the first um, time we saw that gun, the big gun that Percy was using? No, he breaks that out in season he one. He breaks that out? Oh, he, really? He broke it out okay. once in season one, and then he's broken it out two or three times in this one. I think back in episode 10, he breaks it out and shoots a person in half, uh-huh. which was crazy. And then even with the pistol, blowing the chunks of the sh- lady's shoulders big off. Guns. Um, big guns. Big guns. Oh, yeah. Big explodey yes. right. guns. Yeah. I was going to make a joke and say, oh, no, this is just the first time he's hit anything with it. Because, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not, not true. Well, You're not no, I know yeah. it's not true, but historically, from what I've seen, not the most reliable. <laughs> it's not um, the most reliable weapon. Talison in general. Ones and twenties. That's what Talison Nice. <laughs> ones and twenties. <laughs> Hot or cold. Nice. I I just love I love the whole scene I love the fight I love the preamble that we get right before the fight too when Umbrasil arrives alone with God what's her name the gunslinger lady Ripley is that who we're talking about Yes yes Ripley yeah. thank you I could not remember her name Yeah uh, but I love that that preamble I know that this entire the reason that Ripley is brought up in the way that she is we talked about this I can't remember if it was in the last episode or the second episode is because she's actually not a part of this plot line but it's basically to maintain that thread because she's very important later. And she was doing yeah. this stuff anyway in the background. We just didn't know it because we never had the POV. Right. Yeah, we know that Ripley and the campaign is allied with the dragons, but she's not necessarily there with like the Umbrasil situation. Mm-hmm. Like we kind of find out about that later, but I assume the group will still find out like the group's first confrontation with her will probably be in the same place it was. It's just we get right. to see from the villain standpoint now. So you know that's, that's interesting, and it, it brought to mind a couple things that I've tried not successfully in our campaign. But like, if if you're running a home game, there's really no point in like showing all of you what like the villains are doing behind the scene. But in like a an actual play, if the players can like actually, you know, separate player knowledge, you know, meta knowledge from character knowledge effectively to be able to like give vignettes and like behind the scenes peeks at what's going on to the listener i mean that's like cool that's cool if you can actually make it work i i wasn't sure if that was actually happening in the campaign but it got me thinking about how to do it effectively yeah Yeah, i i think it's a great idea i've done little like flash sideways is but usually as a joke 
you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Usually there's a couple, just for humor. There's a couple of notes I want to bring up about this episode yep. since we're uh, yeah. starting on the, on the wrapping end of it. So Scanlan feels like a coward, always running away, right? I, I'm, I'm playing a bard in my home campaign for the first time. And, you know, I get it. Bards are pretty weak. They, they don't have a lot of like damage. It's all like buffing, and like I, I never want to really get into the fight, but I always end up in the fight. And so, I mean, I get it. <laughs> but that was, yeah. that was such a badass like redemption for Scanlan to take the sword, actually use the sword, yeah, and destroy the dragon. It's like so mm-hmm. fucking cool. Real, real cool shit for sure. I don't remember the exact details, but I'm pretty sure Scanlan does get the final blow on the dragon in the campaign, too, because I know he, like, calls himself, like, Scanlan Dragon Slayer and stuff after that and he <laughs> to annoy people, but I don't remember the details exactly. That seems appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. And splitting oh. the dragon horde, I mean, how do you do that? <laughs> I wish you could amend cool titles like that in real life. Like, know, not just right? like, oh, executive director, but like, you know, chivalrous dragon slayer. Like, that would be a cool thing to be able to just amend to your title. And people would be like, oh, oh what's the dragon yeah, you have slain in your life? Mine was time management. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't slain that dragon yet. No. 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 That's my ass. That's close. Deep for all of us. Yeah. Uh-uh. yeah. One, one, one year, we'll have it down. My dragon is imposter syndrome. Yes. It is a stealthy bastard. It's not it's your a dragon, hydra, it's actually. It's, your dragons. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a hydra. Um, yeah, every oh time you cut at it, there's uh, just more more. <laughs> there's two things we need to address. The shape-shifting dragon. Do we trust her? Do we not? I don't know. And then, of the course, my final note is, is, are those dragon eggs at the end? Predictions? I, th- I think they gotta be, right? Like, there's gotta be no way that it's not like cracking, dragon. like, built yeah. or born from, well, from the ashes. <laughs> the lava. There's this, like, meta question, and it's likely because in my D&D campaigns, I've actually never thought or even gone to, like, go in the direction of dragons ever, like, DMing or otherwise. So I, I have to wonder in the back of my head, and I think that this is fun because I just don't know. Gold must be critical, in D D for dungeons or dragons reproduction. Must be. Okay. Seems that way. Yeah, I'm like, why are they so obsessed with fucking gold? Yeah. It's like it means nothing mm-hmm. to them, really. So yeah, I mean, even beyond that, I think gold and D D is very popularly and commonly a high level spell component. So whatever mm. Thordak is doing probably very has true. some magic fuckery involved. As we have seen, the dragons are magic adapted. Also, what was uh, Umbrasil's like tagline? It was at the. It's the name of the last episode. Hope devourer. Yeah, Umbrasil is the hope devourer. Everybody kind of has their own little, like tags to their Tag. name. I, I the only other one that I know, and I yeah. think it was just because it was mentioned at some point in campaign two, or someone made mention of it, is Vorigal's the frigid doom. Yeah, Vorgal's the Frigid yeah. Doom. Thordak wow. is the Cinder King. Mm-hmm. And Raishan is the Deceased Deceiver. So I'm sure we can trust her. For yes. sure. For sure. She's called the Deceiver? She's, well, okay. <laughs> but diseased. But is she like, Diseased shit. Deceiver? Oh. And she got mono she, once. Is mm. she deceiving the party? Or is she deceiving Thordak? Could be both. Well, shape-shifting is inherently deceiving. Exactly. So. Right. So. So. So what is it, Leslie? So what? I mean, <laughs> trust the dragon. Always trust the dragon. What could go wrong? Yeah, it's probably just her whole shit. I want to trust like, the dragon. How can I like we the dragon. get them to, I don't know. Yeah, like diplomacy. Or not diplomacy. I don't know. What would you call it? Diplomacy it like is actually the name of Percy's shock gloves. So. Oh. No, I I also like have this inkling of whether or not she should actually be trusted. Every fictional storytelling bone in my body is like, nope, of course not. Why would you yeah. trust her? Like, no. But there's that like want or desire for there to actually be a good dragon in this that sees it not as like just a conquest to like take over humanity, but to like rule yeah. them 
or like be respected by them in a different way that isn't just fear. That'd be so oh. interesting. All right. So we had we'd mostly wrapped on the side of the episode itself, but there were maybe a couple more things to talk about. In particular, I wanted to make mention that I know that this is a big rewrite, but it isn't Scanlan who gets the killing blow in the campaign. I think it's Grog, if if my information serves me correctly. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Can I our resident two dragon expert? kills? That's not fair. Let's find out. I'm I'm pretty sure. I thought that Wait, I does Scanlan get it in so season like, one? I know Scanlan kills a dragon at some point, I think. Grog got the last splitting head kill on the yeah, first dragon, Yeah, Grog's right? blood axe dealing the final blow. Damn. Wow. But also, as we discussed previously, Mythcarver doesn't really get used in the original series. Not much, no. So, I, was, I was thinking if Scanlan did have the final blow, it was with like lightning bolt or something. But mm. Yeah. So I think that makes for a good change. I think it makes for a better change that rounds out Scanlan's arc a little bit. Than just Grog constantly killing dragons? Right. (laughs) Grog being (laughs) Dragon Slayer. But it it makes for an interesting arc, especially considering there's a lot of Scanlan here that, like, the party continues to doubt. And, like, the entire theme of the season, there's a lot of weight on Scanlan as a character as, like, he's not really respected at all, you know? Yeah. His cowardice is called in Mm -hmm. to, you know... The spotlight. A couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I believe they did a magic item at the end of this that would kind of reframe a spell that he gets around this time that makes him a lot more useful to the party. That magic key, I'm pretty sure, is how they're going to bring in Scanlan's Magnificent Mansion, um, Mm. which is going to be a good time for all involved, in case you guys were wondering if Season 3 will be good. Scanlan's Magnificent Mansion. Yep, okay. I hope you like chicken. I what? <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, moving on. <laughs> you didn't have any more notes, Leslie? That was my note. That was I, I my do want to ask because Mathar was away. Raishan, right, and sort of the overall dragon picture that you get from the grouping of people. Like, what do you think we're going to see in the next season, as far as the the sort of deceiver? aspect and the remaining dragons yeah have we addressed the elephant in the room there's no elephant in this room right now the dragon in the room pj's tall doesn't mean you can call him an well there there is when you went to we did touch on it when you were yeah yeah Yeah. the the loss of uh, a cast member oh Oh, no no, we we haven't talked about that at all yet no yeah Yeah, with with Lance Reddick's passing over the course of this week. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's going to be a difficult thing to adapt to. I, if I were imagining, as opposed to just recasting it, I would imagine that they probably do something like give, give it to Matt. It's, yeah, just do some vocal modulation. There's also, it, it begs the question, are we sure that those voice lines haven't already been recorded. There's a good chance that they have been given yeah. Titmouse's animation prog- process as they've spoken. And, about, you know, you um, never want that to be like your first right. thought in a tragedy. But like, I do very much so wonder if those voice lines are recorded because they got season two out exactly a year after season one. Yeah. And from what I understand, the. The like voiceover work is pretty early in the process and then they animate to it. Right. Um, so I do. So, yeah, there is a if, good chance that that's there. if, yeah, if that's already been recorded or not. But I think either way, loot legend. I'll, I'm gonna raise a glass to. Yeah. Oh yeah. The straight Just up king that is. Yeah. Yeah. Lance Reddick. I was very bummed to hear about that. Like immensely, I. Felt like I was a little bit late to Lance Reddick overall, outside of like some various appearances that he'd been in a number of shows. I watched The Wire in COVID. It was my first. I just started it right before COVID, and then I watched it throughout COVID, and that was kind of my show, and I just like instantly gravitated towards that, and then I just started to search out everything that Lance Reddick was in because his character was so damn good. Yeah. Um, just miraculous. After he died, I checked all of Fringe for plot holes again. As I suspected, airtight. <laughs> Fringe is so good. Airtight. I, yeah, I forgot I was he say, was in Fringe, which I Lance watched Reddick before for that, me but... was Lost and then Fringe. That's where I like yeah. found my love for Lance Reddick. And then I found out, any Brooklyn Nine-Nine fans here? Yeah. 
Of course. The Captain Holt was written for Lance Reddick, and he turned it down. That makes so much sense. Yeah. So, that makes so much sense. Yeah. He didn't want to play a cop again. <laughs> Understandably. Especially yeah, after, like, like, you deliver an iconic cop performance. Iconic cop um, performance in The Wire, and then, like, an FBI agent in Fringe. Mm-hmm. It makes sense why I'd be like, I'm not trying to be the stern cop again. But yeah. now that, like, knowing what Brooklyn Nine-Nine became, I do wonder but i mean we have a perfect captain holt it's fine but captain mm-hmm. holt was originally written with lance reddick in mind that is blowing my mind i can see it though absolutely yeah. oh you can definitely see it. release the reddick yeah. cut right now which i'm gonna say <laughs> just demanding cuts if there is a need to recast which it's always feels weird and callous to talk about like that type of thing after a tragedy but just just bringing it up andre brower captain you think holt. so I think so. I think he's wow. got it. I think he could do it. Yeah. I was going to suggest the State Farm guy. What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he could totally do it. Oh, my gosh. He was in so many seasons of 24. Why don't I remember? Oh, the new guy or the old guy? For the record. Morgan new State Freeman? Farm guy? New Jake? Or the... <laughs> so there's Jake from State Farm. And there's no, a... but clearly Close. not Jake from State Farm. Oh. I think maybe I'm thinking of the Allstate guy. It's Allstate guy. That's who you're talking about. No, it's not Morgan Freeman. Wow, this podcast is off the rails. Holy shit. Okay, it's so not? the reason I brought I up... I think they should Dennis Haysbert. completely different. Name. Like, you don't want to step on the toes of a perfect performance, you know? Mm-hmm. He just like, gets a it, swift whack to the neck, and his voice just changes <laughs> mid-performance. <laughs> <laughs> or a magic item changes his voice. Oh, All a magic sudden, item changes his voice. <laughs> yeah, Scanlan does some weird spell that yeah. like changes his voice to demoralize him. All of a sudden, Charlie Day, or makes him small, <laughs> like real small, but like extra powerful, just like Ant Man. <laughs> hey, they should just hire us, right? Like and now he's Gilbert Gottfried, baby. <laughs> All out of love and respect, nothing but love and respect for the dead. No, I mean for, for next season, I think. I don't know what to expect in terms of like the plot and everything. I, I, I don't know. I haven't formed an opinion. I'm kind of leaving it just like, you know, head, no thoughts, head empty, head empty. But because I think that's been on my, on my mind so much, like just the scramble. To, I'm sure there's stuff written. I'm yeah. sure that there's stuff recorded, but that is going to be difficult because, you know, pickups are a thing <laughs> in real life when you're it's, working in production. Yeah. Pickups are, are frequent. Rewrites are frequent. And when you lose somebody as important as that, it's like, do we have the tape, right? I can see them kind of trying to figure all of that stuff out still. It's like, it's heartbreaking for so many reasons, but specific to the show, in interviews, whenever they would talk about like the guests that they brought in, you could always tell they were so excited. Like Lance Reddick was who Matt always had in mind. And whenever they'd be like, who are you the most excited to work with? Matt's like, Lance Reddick is Thordak. Unbelievable. Holy shit. Like, like that's just a so, dream. That was what they were the most excited about. And whenever we recorded like the first couple episodes of this, I was like, hey guys, Lance Reddick is that in this show. That was a call out. Yeah. That was like a standout performance. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Yeah. I was just and, getting ready yeah. to start the new Destiny campaign and the news oh, right. hit. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be so sad playing this. It's his last the performance. The fact also that he was a diehard Destiny player is so Yeah. Cool. Anyway, I could go on, but I'm really excited yeah. to see like what they do. I feel like th- there might be some rewrites that we find out later on happened because right. of this. So like right. whatever's on the table now, I feel like you can't even predict it because there's going to be like some twist that comes from that. And I think that's the mark of like a creative team is like in the yes. face of things like that. It's like you 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 find a way to elevate it even more. It forces you out of your comfort zone or what you thought was the straight ahead and then like oh well actually what if and i'm i'm expecting fully an epic third yeah. season that pays homage to this great actor so and with the amount of voice talent in that room and the connections they have i'm sure i'm sure they have a way they have a plan but yeah yeah i genuinely fun. hope it's not a recast and if 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 Same. anything I, I hope it's what we talked about before i really hope they do <laughs> something kind of wild <laughs> with magic but yeah <laughs> We'll yeah, see. I I totally agree with you. I mean, the fact that they pulled in like Henry Winkler for the throwaway grandpa. Oh my god! Yeah. Just talk like, about that's bonds. another like miracle. So casting, good. You know? I, the so minute good. I heard it, I ha- I paused 
the episode because I was like, like re-listening. I went, Henry no was. way, no way. Because <laughs> the first time I didn't recognize it, and the second watch after Josh had mentioned it in the last episode, <sighs> and Leslie, I went, what? And then I listened to it again, and I was like, oh fuck, it is. I can't believe I didn't. I catch was that. dead. I was like, there's, no. I was like, there's who? also an aspect to it. That cracks me up whenever you have these really big names like Henry Winkler or mm-hmm. not so much Lance Reddick because Lance Reddick was very much so a nerd. I assume Lance Reddick had a general idea of like what he was getting into. But like, do you think Henry Winkler has any idea what the fuck this is? Okay, just like, try to know. He just got hired. <laughs> just like, try, yeah, I'll do it. Okay, I'm going to ask you really quick. <laughs> yeah. Suspension of disbelief. Try to imagine Henry Winkler DMing a session. Just try, tell me that you that wouldn't well, be fire. First off, it's incredible. Second off, <laughs> I thought awesome. you were going a different direction with that, and it's where I was going in my head. Try and imagine Henry Winkler, like in a bathrobe on his couch, spending hundreds of hours <laughs> watching Critical Role. Like Henry Winkler is just a diehard critter. Like yes. he's just sitting there with his whiskey, and he's like, "Ah, oh, come on, roll high." Yeah. You know? <laughs> Flawless Winkler, by the way. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, <laughs> He's, yeah, I could totally see him being like, uh, with his agent, do you think they'll call me? I'm, I just need to know. Do you think there's a chance? Straight out of Barry, but it's Henry Winkler waiting for the critical roll call. Winkler was more of a pity cast. <laughs> like, ah, it's Winkler. Throw him a We've bone, lost you know? Leslie. We need to wrap this up. Let's bring this in. We're bring this in. I don't know anything about actors, so I have nothing to add. I don't know who we're talking about. We lost <laughs> her to totally a time. puppy, so it's the, not really... The dad yeah, from Holes. We're talking about the dad from Holes. Ah, <laughs> yeah. from Holes. Huge the acting guess. teacher yes. from, from Barry. Yeah. All right. So... How do we wrap this up, Grossin? I got a rapid gotta fire jump. full season thoughts. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what I was thinking. And then what we're excited for in the next season. All right. Leslie. Full season, epic, sad, triumphant, and too short. I wish there was like so many more episodes. I'm I'm craving it already. So I can't wait for them to kill more dragons next season. Probably. I'm That's in. it. <laughs> I'm I'm excited. I'll, I'll go next. I I'm very excited. I loved this season. This is part of what like sold me into the idea of I might actually. I've been I'd like I've talked to PJ about it many times. The first season of Critical Role turned me off to the idea for a very long time. When I was watching through it, I was like, this isn't very entertaining for me. Gave it ten episodes. I made it so far into the Mighty Nine, and with this show now, I'm like. Man, I'm going to have to go watch it. <laughs> I, I think it. that's the reality. It's wor- When we show up next year to cover the next season, you know. You know all about I'm, it. All I'm very it. excited. Yeah. I like I'm, not knowing. I love it. I do also like not knowing. I don't think I'm going to get there. I'm not going to rush to like know or anything like that. I'm definitely taking a break when I'm done with season two because I'm devouring it at a breakneck pace of 10 episodes a week, which is too much fucking time at 1x. But... Very excited. I'm curious if we're going to see how we're going to see the Mighty Nine paced in as far as the overall critical role release structure goes. Maybe that's a question for, for everyone else, too, but I loved it. Loved it overall. Nine out of ten. Yeah, my prediction nine, nine for the next ten. season. Nine and a half out of ten. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Would have been ten out of ten, but the only penises in it were specifically in the sketchbook. And I think that's cowardly. <laughs> and only one um, cloaca? Yeah. <laughs> only well, one. hold on. They can show us a full-on cloaca and go up it and show us intestines. They can put titties in the first season. But they can't give us a dick? One dick? That's not in a sketchbook? I heard the network gave them one per, like, series. So. <laughs> okay. So they're saving it. It's good. Can't Hort wait. Out. <laughs> It's, yes, it's going to be Thordak just whoa, whoa. it's going to be like a pendulum they have to run through like video game style um, 
<laughs> if I had to guess what the next season is going to be, I think we're going to meet a stable boy. He's going to befriend a young dragon hidden in the basement of a monastery where he works. And then they're going to go out into the real world and an evil advisor to the king is going to use the boy's desire to be a knight to get close to the dragon. We're going to find out that that advisor is actually secretly in disguise and is an evil dragon that's trying to steal the young dragon's heart to regain his full power. And yes, that is the plot of Dragon Heart 2, A New Beginning. I was um, waiting. <laughs> I was like, I recognize this, but I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> the better Dragon Heart. It's not. It's it not is. The better dragon. <laughs> well, Dragon Heart 5 is really bad. Do not watch. Wait, there's Probably more than watch. two. <laughs> oh, there's five. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited for next season. I generally know what's going to happen, so I'm not going to make any predictions. But this sure. season fucking ruled. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. I liked it. 9.7 out of 10. How dare you? What yeah. up me? Tubed up. In your love. Tubed up you. Point <laughs> <laughs> two more. <laughs> All right, PJ. Two up, Josh. Let's hear it. <laughs> this show was able to properly depict the TV show that it was exhibiting more than I would have ever expected. Everything was flawless and like... There are problems with the way that this show like presents itself, but like it, it's, it's entirely improv and it, it's hard to yeah. fault anybody for any decisions that are made. So the fact that they were able to like adapt this story so like perfectly <laughs> tells more yeah. about their ability to improv than it does for anything else because it's wild it, how little they had to change they did change exactly. things but it's wild how close it is yeah. exactly that's exactly where i'm going with this like yes there are changes between like the way that this happens in the show and the way it happens in the in the cartoon but those changes are so minimal and and understandable. Like when they happen, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But even, even those that don't happen, the fact that they're able to make them work is amazing. Yeah. Like y you could totally see them changing wide swaths of the story in order to make this work. But instead they just make it work. Yeah, it's incredible. It's interesting because it is, as as a whole, I think what they've done brilliantly is they've adapted something that feels like it isn't adaptable in a big way. Like, there's just so much time on the clock. With that said, thank you guys so much for joining for the show, of course. And thank you all for listening to this show. It's It's been awesome. Super glad, super excited. We'll come back for maybe a book or two down the line. And obviously, whenever the next season crops up. Like I said, I'm curious when the Mighty Nine's going to start rolling out, too. Considering that's on the timeline. And maybe yeah, I know, that... like, to get a show going takes longer than to, like, to keep it going. So I'm curious if it'll line up right towards the end of this or if they'll be airing simultaneously. I don't know. It's crazy. I'm, I'm curious if, if they'll have Titmouse do both or if they'll separate right. the animation style and go to a different studio. I love I love what Titmouse has done, but I think that it would be a lot to put on one studio. But I you know, they've done an excellent job, so I wouldn't put it off of them. But yeah. I, I'd be curious to see some of the differences potentially. But Yeah. Well, yeah. I can't wait for more. That's my that's my closing thought. Devour it up. Cool. Yeah. So <laughs> right. uh be sure to check us out on social media. As previously mentioned, we've got a lot more coming out on the Atomic Pylon Media Network. Keep your ears tuned for more. Also, you can always check out all of our links in the show notes. You can find our schedule, Patreon, previous episodes, our websites and socials all in one convenient spot. In case you aren't aware, Words Whiskey Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Facebook, Words and Whiskey Show, gmail.com. And you can join us at patreon.com forward slash words and whiskey. Thank you all so much. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Ta-da! All thank right. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah thank you for it was having so good. us. All right. Woohoo!